and welcome to the Chord of Three podcast. I am your host, Spencer Breedlove, and I get to do this podcast with my awesome wife and the mother of my children. Happy Mother's Day, Lisa. You need to speak up a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, you're... I just... I'm sorry. I was just caught up. If y'all could see Spencer doing the intro music, he is air guitar, air drums. I like the music. He is slinging his head like an 80s band member. I just don't have the hair. (laughs) No, you don't. Nope. I try. I was caught up in that. Sorry. Oh, you were caught up in that? I'm, I'm with the microphone now. Well, it is good to be back on the podcast with each of you today. And Lisa has a particular theory. Uh, Lisa has a lot of theories, really. She, oh, she can boy. come up with some really, really doozies on her theories. But I have good theories. Yeah, they're Thank all right. You. They're all right. But this one especially is a really good theory. <laughs> I like this theory. So now, let me, let me just set the set the stage for just a minute. So Lisa is a third grade teacher. Enough said. She has a theory as a third grade teacher about what happens towards the end of school. Lisa, what is I that do. theory? It, it's about the end of the year that we all just lose our minds. All of us. The kids lose their minds. The parents of the kids lose their minds. And the teachers lose their minds. <laughs> yeah, so do it's you have, just, any, have any examples of well, how people have just lost their minds? Okay, well... You know, we push to do the things that we need to accomplish for the year. And we have finished testing. You know, we've wanted them to go into that feeling prepared, feeling confident. We try to make them feel comfortable and at ease. And that, you know, we've taught them everything that they need to know to go to this next grade. And... We still then have like three weeks of school left. And those three weeks are the hardest three weeks of a teacher's life. Are they harder than the first few weeks of school? Yes. Yes. Now, I think I'm I'm maybe a little more busy and I have all those little detail things that I have to do the first few weeks of school if you know you still want your room exactly ready and everything copied and prepared and laminated and up on your walls and little gifts that you're going to give them and orientation and you know things to parents so there's a lot of little things then that I feel like I deal with that I'm really tired but just as far as trying your patience, these last few weeks are the hardest. Because a good teacher, you really don't want to be doing a lot of assessment here at the end. Because you shouldn't, by this point in the year, really be teaching them anything new. This is kind of exposure to some things they're going to see the next year in school. You want to introduce it you want to get them maybe excited about it give them a little background knowledge so that when they do get to next year in the next grade they're like oh yeah okay that's familiar a little bit my teacher last year talked about this okay and maybe even some of them you know remember what you showed them um but 
you still have to assess something because what's the point of being there all day? We don't want it to just be babysitting. So you're still trying to find activities. And what I do, I really just try to make it, you know, connection activities. Can we do some type of a group project? Can we um, do some type of hands-on learning uh, especially with my subjects. I think that makes it a little easier to do with math and science. We've made spinning tops, and we've uh, timed how long our top could spin and, uh, you know, chosen winners for that. And then here the next week or so in school, I, I usually do a paper airplane contest. So there's engineering involved in that. We talk about design for flight, um, and maybe even, you know, can your airplane do loops? Will it go um, a farther distance? Uh, what about speed? And then we actually get our tape measures and we measure. So there's math involved in that. And then I also um, plan to do a bottle flipping contest. I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> they like to do it. You know, you can't beat them. You might as well join them. Might as well join so, them. So, you know, for mm -hmm. 30 minutes, I can listen to the flipping, and they're supposed to tally, and then they must plot. So, again, we're using skills that we've learned in the year, but I'm letting them do it in a fun way with things that they enjoy. But, yes, I, I still feel like I, I can't tell you how many conversations just this week that I've had about crazy things that they know they shouldn't do. I mean, standing on things and jumping over things, bring the things they're bringing in their book bag. I mean, it's just weirdness. And I feel like parents are kind of done too. So I noticed that there's not a lot of checking homework going on here at the <laughs> end. Yeah, mom and dad probably should have caught the glaring mistake on the page. Um, but I, I, I think they're kind of done too. And we've just all kind of um, lost a little brain cells maybe. I don't know by this point in the year. But we're going to hang on and we're going to make it. That's going to be good. Need school out. <laughs> um, May 19th. I'm finished with all instruction. May 20, we just have an aloha party. Well, there you go. That sounds awesome. Yeah. You can do it, honey. And you then have. that's why, you know, people say, oh, teachers get such a long break. Oh, you come teach. You would <laughs> only need to it. teach. I, I challenge anyone. You teach for one week, and then you will understand we earn Every bit, every of, that bit of summer vacation yes. is earned. And we're and, and what some people don't realize, even during my summer break, I am preparing for the next year. Oh, yeah. I'm not turning my brain off. I tell my kids, do not turn your brain off in the summer. You still need to work on certain skills, specifically <clears throat> math and reading. Yeah, but you take your beach I do time, the same. though. I do, but you what do I do time. on the beach? I read. Yeah, you read. I do. You read. I read things that can help me be a better teacher yeah a better person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you read books that you just get lost in that have yeah, nothing you need that to too. do oh with, yeah i need that too yeah. just 
John Grisham books. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. yeah. A good murder. The, yeah. Mystery murder mystery always. books. Mm-hmm. Psycho books. Yeah. Zombie. Okay, no, that's you don't really not, do zombie books. I don't read zombie books. You just like to watch them. I watched. Yeah, the show for a little while. Okay, moving on. So moving on, uh, I've had a pretty good week too. Uh, yeah, it's been a full Speaking week. Speaking of beach, yeah, I didn't go to the beach. Okay, so Spencer puts on the calendar FCA leadership. Well, okay, I see that, and I'm okay. He's got meetings, and about three days before he's going, he's talking to someone else, and I overhear. I'll be at Jekyll Island for the week. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, well, I put it on the calendar. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you did not put beach trip with the guys for golf and putt-putt. Well, that that would be too long to put on the calendar. Oh, but that's what it was. Oh, I was just being very <laughs> succinct on my calendaring. Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, and you knew I'd be jealous that you are going to the beach. But yeah. You really didn't go to the beach. No. But I could see the beach from my hotel. And you did. I know y'all were working some, but you had some good relaxation time as well. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. I got to play some golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to eat some really, really, really good food. Yeah. We eat good on our trip mm-hmm. or on our trips when we take these. Don't doubt it. Yeah. Did you win putt-putt? No, I did not win putt-putt. And I'm not even going to give... The time of day to the guy who won it on oh, this podcast. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, because. Oh, wow. Okay. I ain't, uh-uh. Okay. No. Okay. All right. No, there's, we're Did pretty. Did you play com- better golf? We're pretty competitive people. And the person that keeps winning it. Oh. Because he keeps winning it. He keeps rubbing it in. Ooh, and it, yeah. and it great. It, it, oh. Oh, I'm sure it does. But did you do well with your golf game then? Nobody did good in golf. Oh, so you didn't play better than him either in that. Nobody did good in golf. Wow. And most of us on that trip, most of us that can't that do play golf on uh-huh. a frequent basis, normally there are guys on that so trip better, huh? that will shoot anywhere in the high seventies to the high eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the range, but not one of us. Scored below a ninety on oh, that wow. on that course. It was an unforgiving course. Got to see some alligators. Maybe y'all should have taken your wives, and it would have been a better. Well, we did talk about mm-hmm. a future mm-hmm. Georgia lead team retreat when we can take our spouses. I think that sounds like a great idea. I vote for that. We did discuss that. Mm-hmm. So I that think. is that is on the table on trying to figure out when we can do that. We could do like couples putt putt. Oh, that we'd be good, honey. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Couples putt putt. That'd be fun. Competition. Yeah. Okay. Oh, listen, listen. We don't do anything that I know it's non competitive. I I know. Which, wow, that's so surprising that our family is a part of that. Yeah. Right. No, we'll uh, no comp- we do not do anything FCA related mm-hmm. that is not competitive. Okay. It is competitive. All right, so next time I'll be it'll be on the calendar. But it won't include like beach and beach golf trip. and <laughs> It was a work trip. We just got to have some fun too. But if the wives go, I could find some time to get to the beach. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think y'all need to work on that. 
Well, I'll pass that along to Jason. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I'll pass that along that Lisa right. wholeheartedly agrees. All right. That we should include the wives or the spouses. Right now, it's just all of all all guys right now. But right. Eventually, we'll probably have some ladies. Right. So on spouses the, on the Georgia lead team. So, at least I hope so. Um. All right. Moving on, we are going to be talking about part two of divorce proofing your marriage. Now, when we first started on this conversation uh, two weeks ago, um, I had a particular hypothesis belief that in every divorce, either one or both of the individuals either did not have a relationship with God or one or both strayed from their relationship with God and allowed sin to enter and gain a foothold in the marriage and the result was destruction and the death of a marriage. And we talked about some ways to divorce-proof your marriage and the belief there is that when God designed marriage, God designed it to be forever between a man and a woman and I state that very clearly not a man and a man not a woman and a woman but a man and a woman yes and he designed it for the purpose of procreation mm -hmm. to grow as families to fill the earth to subdue the earth, to provide leadership on the earth. And he created marriage to be a picture of Jesus Christ and his relationship with the church when we look at it in the, in the New Testament. So... We went over five things on the first one, um, on the first podcast. You can go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it. You can go back and listen to that and hear the first five. But we're going to hit on the next five things that we had discussed and talked about. Um, so that's where that's where we are as far as in this particular podcast for divorce proofing your marriage because we believe that your marriage and my marriage needs to be and is designed to be pictures of God's grace and his mercy so that the world okay can see the love of Jesus for them it, it it's not just a marriage is not just designed for two people in terms of uh, um, that they can just do life together. Although that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. Sure. A marriage is designed to be a witness, to be a picture, to be yes. an illustration of God's grace and his mercy, his forgiveness. It, this is where, this is where the spiritual principles are fleshed out every day. This is where spiritual principles of forgiveness and grace and truth and mercy and all of those things are fleshed out 
every day. And it's not easy. It's very difficult at times, especially because we're sinful people and those things get in the way and we do stupid things. We say stupid things and we can be hurtful to one another. Um, but that's where grace and forgiveness and truth, integrity, um, spiritual disciplines are practiced. So what you got? All right. So number six, we said fight for connection with God. Yes. So all these things you're talking about as God ordaining this relationship of marriage between a man and a woman, husband and wife, he set it up. And you were explaining that he's got all these things he wants to give us in our marriages, the grace, the forgiveness. He wants to teach us. So in order for him to do that, he's waiting and willing. We just have to fight for that connection with him so that we can hear those lessons, so that we can be a part of him shaping those in our life. Yes, Exactly. I would also add that in our lives, especially in especially young families, what I see more and more of in young families, young married couples, is this thing called busyness. Mm-hmm. And, and they, we're all busy. We're all busy. We are. Everyone. At every stage. There's and busyness. And what winds up happening in these busy schedules, mm-hmm. these what I call people are oversubscribed. Yes. They're no oversubscribed margin. and there's no margin yes. in their in their lives at all. They are go, 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 go. They are always on the go and they make very little time for connection with God. Right. And the and the way that I've oftentimes framed it is you know, physically, we need food, mm-hmm. right? We need food. Well, a normal, healthy person is going to eat three to five meals a day. They're going to eat the right, right. meal. They're going to have the proteins. They're right. going to have the vegetables. They're going to have the fats and the carbs. And they're going to have protein snacks. And they're going to um, they're going to eat healthy if they want to a healthy body, the, the, what they put into their body, they're going to be eating three to five times a day. Mm-hmm. Now, if I told you, listen, you can't eat but one meal a week, what would you do? Well, I mean, I'd be upset about that because I would know that that's not going to sustain me through what I've got to get through. Exactly. It's not going to give me, I'm not going to have the nourishment. I'm not going to have the stamina. Exactly. I'm not going to have the brain power. Exactly. Most people have their spiritual souls nourished with spiritual food, not just one time a week, but maybe for an hour. Right. It's like a shot in yeah. the arm that they think, oh, well, I got it, but. It's not enough. No. It isn't enough. Not. Going to church isn't enough. 
church is good, it and is. it needs to be a part of the. It needs to be a part of it your does. We'll rhythm. Talk about that, yes, but, but you have to have personal one-on-one, yes, intimate time with the Lord daily, mm-hmm. daily. Yep. Whether you're listening to God's word, whether you're yes. reading God's word, um, you need to have that spiritual intake every day of your life. Mm-hmm. Period. And you're, and you may be saying, "Well, do you do that, Spencer? Do you do that, Lisa?" And I will tell you that both of us do that. Mm-hmm. Both of us do that, Lisa. When when she's getting ready in the morning, she she puts on that her Bible app, and she listens to some weird dude <laughs> re- reading the Bible out loud. It's some crazy voice. Okay, sometimes I change it, but yes, okay. uh, me. I listen to Brian Harden and the Daily, Daily Audio, Audio Bible. Bible. I did that for a while. Yes. And and I go through the Bible in a year, mm-hmm. every year. I've been doing that for the last mm-hmm. four or five years now. So every year, my commitment is to read through the Scripture every year. And I do that daily. It takes me about 15, 20 minutes a day. And then I have other things I'm also working through with readings. Um, and I, I like to pick things I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, like right now I'm going through one and it was hope for teachers. And it's just reminding me from scripture, truths mm-hmm. and promises for those of us that are teachers. All right. What's the next one? Okay. Seven fight for connection with people. What do you and think we, that means? We use the word fight because like you said, in that busyness and just in the, the daily routines that we have, it just kind of gets not thought about or pushed to the back. So we do have to be purposeful. So mm-hmm. we use the word fight. So fight for connection with people, meaning we're not meant to do life alone. Nope. And I don't care what pandemic, epidemic, I don't care what comes. Scamdemic. We are not meant to do life alone. Right. And people have got to realize that and stop giving Satan a foothold in that. And, and you know, being fearful. Sidebar, what did you think about our small group this past Thursday? It was awesome. Yes, we had not been able to be a part of one together. We have other small groups that we are a part of and that we lead, but we had not been able to attend a small group together just for schedules and the season of life that we were in. But, um, yes, our best friends, Jeff and Pam, had been inviting and you know when you can come we'd love to have y'all and so we were able to go together uh this past thursday it was just wonderful it was sweet it was fun it was funny like we laughed oh the laughter was good for the soul yes you share food together and stories and you realize that you know we, we we realize that um another couple there the the husband our paths could have crossed or even your parents' path could have crossed with him back when you learned that, you know, they were a part of the same church years and years ago. Like, just cool things Uh that, you know, God um, reveals when you do life together. Mm -hmm. And it was encouraging. We prayed for one another. Um, Many of us have, you know, adult children going through same things that we could... Um, share our stories and our heart and, and then pray about it with them. So just, just cool. Yep. But that's what we're supposed to do. 
Yeah, it was really good. Be in community. Be in community. And yes. most of the time when we're in those groups, you or I or both of us were normally leading. Yes. And it was really Sometimes nice. Sometimes it's nice just to show up. It was really nice just to sit there yeah. and just listen mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. feel like I had to lead it or you had to lead it or participate in terms of the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was It was really good. It was good. It's a great group. It is a good group. It's a great lot group of people. A lot of cool personalities yes. and it, very loving and yes. kind. Yes. It was good. Um, so fight for connection with people. Yes. Get in a small group. Yes. Especially around people that are uh, followers of Jesus that can encourage you and build you up. Yes. In your time of need. And keep searching. If you haven't found the right one, keep searching. Mm-hmm. There is something out there. Don't just give up and don't just say, I'm never going to find one. And here's the thing about that, too, in regards to the whole small group thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be an official small group that your church est- est- establishes. No. No. There may be some people in your lives that God just puts in connection mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. that you share spirit you share conversations about spiritual things yeah and i mean for example i mean i was hanging out with one of the guys in our small group uh yesterday helping him do some uh moving of some equipment that he had bought and he uh, he started talking to me about a passage of scripture that he had been reading in john chapter 15 about jesus is the vine and you're where the branches and Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, I had just preached mm-hmm. on that passage of scripture yeah. last Sunday at another church, um, and he started sharing with me some things that he was learning. I'm like, dude, I just preached on this on Sunday. I said, and I was just listening to him a little bit, and I said, do you know? And I started, I started unpacking some of the things that I had learned in there, and then he sent me a text this morning just expressing gratitude and thankfulness for our friendship and for um, our conversation uh, yesterday, and then sent me a picture of his Bible where he had circled the Mm -hmm. passage of Scripture uh, in John 15 15. that I had pointed out to him. And uh, anyway, it was pretty cool. So it's those things. And that can't happen if you're secluding yourself and you're too afraid to get out or put yourself out there and be vulnerable. It can't and, happen. And then I met uh, I met a, a retired football coach this past Wednesday, who I had heard his name for years and never had the chance to meet him. Uh-huh. Finally met him Wednesday night, uh-huh. and this guy has been uh, a, a D one uh, head football coach in Buffalo. He coached in the SEC. He coached. Um, he was the defensive coordinator, I believe, for the Buffalo Bills. I'd have to go back and look. But anyway, this dude um, just was a huge encouragement. I mean, there was just this in- immediate connection that he and I had. And he uh, he wanted to get my number. And, and then he sends me a text this morning with a scripture memory card that he had written out a long time ago that he just keeps scripture memory cards. And uh-huh. he sent me a, 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 a picture of a scripture that he memorized, uh-huh. you know, and I'm like, 
right there, that was a connection with people that that has produced fruit mm-hmm. that's already building each other up. Anyway, it's just fight for connection with people. It's that it's that important. All right, number eight. You can do that one. Me? Sure. Resist isolation. Resist isolation. A little bit different than the previous one we're talking about. We're talking about the two people. Correct. I'm talking about the two people in inside the marriage. the marriage. Yes, the husband and the wife. So I believe what can happen is that when sin enters and takes a foothold in the marriage, what can happen is unforgiveness sets in, Mm -hmm. bitterness sets in, lack of contentment sets in, lack of fulfillment sets in, and then what you have are two people who say... They fell out of love. There's a withdrawal. There's a withdrawal. And the two become like silos inside the house. They become very isolated from each other. Just autonomously having their own living. Yeah, even to the point even to the point where one sleeps on one end of the house, one sleeps on the other. Oh yeah, we've seen it. Yeah. Mm Yeah, we we know people that have experienced that. Mm-hmm. And it is it that is something that is not natural in a marriage. And what you have to do in order to overcome that is you have to resist the isolation by understanding that two are greater than one. Mm-hmm. In Ecclesiastes, this is and this is what our podcast is based off of, that a quarter of three strands is not easily broken. When you look at Ecclesiastes in chapter 4, 9 through 12, okay, when you look at that passage, there is a passage of Scripture in here, and it says, if two lie down together, they can keep warm, but how can the one person keep warm alone? If one overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Spiritually speaking, Satan himself does not like marriages because right. of the purpose that God Correct. established marriages yes. to experience and produce and, and be that mission of a marriage. Satan hates it. Right. So he wants to destroy. He it. wants to destroy your marriage. Point blank. He wants to take the husband out. He wants to take the wife out. He wants to destroy the family. Yes. So the husband and the wife have got to resist the isolation that Satan wants to create in your marriage. Because if he can get you isolated, if he can isolate you, mm-hmm. then he can take you out. Yeah. Yeah. He can Ooh, overpower you. Yes. And so you have hmm. got to stand firm together as a couple to keep from being overpowered and to make sure that you go back to one of the things that we mentioned early to braid yourself to God and his word. You must 
resist isolation by being braided to the Word of God and and doing that together. Now, in our spiritual relationship, Lisa, I mean, we don't sit down and do quiet times together. I mean, no, we talk about, but what we we're talk learning. about what we're we, learning. We share scriptures, right, right, right. Um, I know of people that take communion together, and yeah. we don't yeah. do that. Um, there are people, couples that in have their home. in their home, right? We do it. There are people that, uh, in their marriages, that they're really solid when it comes to their their prayer. They're like prayer warriors, and they pray together. Yes. We pray together, but it's not a. It's not like it's not I'm, a scheduled routine. No, it's not necessarily. Uh, uh-uh. it's not that. But there are people that are like yes. that. So, what I'm saying there is, in the two or greater than one, in resisting the isolation, it goes back to the fighting for connection with God, fighting for connection with people, and making sure that you're braided with the Word of God. Um, and then what's the practice that you and your spouse will do? My encouragement, my suggestion is you read God's word. Your wife reads God's word and y'all come, y'all have talk conversations about yes. it. What are you learning? Yes. What's God teaching? What's God teaching you? You know, what was revealed through scripture? Yeah. And I think that in doing so, you can remain strong. All right. So, resist isolation, two or greater than one. Number nine, die to self daily. Die to self daily. Submit to one another. All right? Now, people don't like that word submit. Well, the die to self is hard, too, but that's a commandment from Jesus. Absolutely. So, right. And then along with the dying to the self, it's it's the step further that then... I want to serve that person. Yes. Yeah, there's a... It's not about me. There is a passage of Scripture. I need to find it here. But we're very wired, you know, to be selfish people. So it is um, it is something that we have to die to. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus said this in John chapter 12. He said, truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. So here's the picture. Now, I don't believe he was talking about marriage right here. Okay, I'd have to look up the whole passage in in that, but... This this particular passage was not technically no, about not. marriage. No, but you can draw a but principle. The principle there of dying, yes, is very clear. That unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, so that kernel of wheat, that seed, when it's planted, it has it's to give buried. itself up. All yes. right, it's buried. It's it has died. It's now buried. Then what comes? Newness. New life. Yes. Growth. Growth. So that Something seed more. has to die. It, mm-hmm. Although this particular passage is not, like I said, it's not about the marriage relationship, but you can definitely apply that particular principle when it comes to dying to self and dying for one another daily, mm-hmm. that you 
bury yourself, okay, so that you can produce much fruit. And your marriage is not about you. Point, I mean, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Not about you. All right, number 10. <laughs> this equally is, yeah. yoked. Do not be equally yoked. That was that would be the New Testament uh, passage. Do not be unequally yoked. Yeah, do not be unequally yoked. Correct. But there is a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 22, not 20. I, I put it in my notes. But in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 10, uh-huh. there are some commandments that are given. And just the laws. It's a law. Yes. Is what this is. So it's right law. And it says, God's people. when plowing the soil, do not yoke an ox with a donkey. Well, I learned this in youth group. I remember very clearly being taught, you know, thinking of the visual of the yoke as a as with farming equipment and putting the two animals in it. You cannot put in two different animals. You can't. No, that are unequal. I mean, you can, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's going to be hard. And and just understanding that from the very beginning, you know, and that would be my encouragement to those dating or just beginning relationships um, or, or thinking and, and looking forward to having a relationship with someone, that that's got to be forefront, that you don't even need to date people that are not like-minded, that are not growing in their walk because it's not going to work. And here's the thing. It, it, that passage says, when plowing the soil in a marriage, you're going to have work. Yes. It's going to take work. Yes. If you're unequally yoked, the work that you've got in front of you just became that much harder. Yes. You're setting yourself up. You're setting yourself you're up. You're setting yourself up. And because it's hard enough being equally yoked. Yes. It's hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just an enormous amount of issues that you face as a couple, at, as a believing couple. Yes. And two people coming together from different backgrounds and different, you know, different baggage that they bring. Oh, yeah. And then what you're faced with on top of that, right, it's hard enough with, you know, the foundation that you're believers and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Exactly. But if one doesn't, you're just setting yourself up. And So what would you say about that? Meaning, if you could put that maybe in one or two sentences, about not being... Unequally yoked, or being unequally yoked. You know what I mean. I mean, I've I've been saying what I'm saying. Well, okay. I don't know what you mean. What would What are you trying to say? Well, if you're a Christian, then you should only be dating and being interested in 
other believers. Yes. I mean, it goes back to, to God, and he told the Israelites, you know, do not marry from these foreign nations, these people that don't know the one true God, the people that worship other things, that put mm -hmm. other little G gods in their life. Don't do it. <laughs> and I would also say to the young ladies out there, mm -hmm. make a list of your non-negotiables yes. about a about a guy. What are the non-negotiables yeah. that you... That one should be at the top. And that ought to be at the top. For the guys, and, state your convictions. Yeah. What are your convictions? What, are you, who, what, what kind of lady do you want? And I would say even more, you know, y'all, it's not... Well, he has a cross on his necklace, you know, or, or she does, or a fish sticker on the back of their car. That's not what we're talking about that you've determined this is a solid believer. Like, you've had conversation, and maybe it does take, you know, some dates to get to know you or, you know, times and in, in groups to kind of uh, fish that out. But you need to dig a little. If this is something that's for life then you need to be sure. Mm -hmm. You need to be sure. Good point. That's good. Well, that's all we got on that for now. Mm. We may circle back on do divorce proof your well, marriage part was, three or four. Yeah, I was going to say a couple of things. Oh. Just with this analogy of the proofing that fireproof, waterproof, <laughs> the whole understanding is that things are going to happen. Yeah, the storm's going to come. Right. Fire, water. It's going to happen. The, the damage is going to try to be inflicted upon you. And it, it's Satan doing that and the world we live in. So the whole idea with this divorce proofing is that we put protection up. We put these barriers, these guardrails. Um, we settle these convictions and these non-negotiables up front or as early as we can. Or start right now. Start fresh in your marriage and have this conversation with your spouse that this is something you want to do because you feel like this is what God wants. Mm. And... Um, a friend reminded me there's a book by Tim Keller. He's a great author. He wrote a book, The Meaning of Marriage, Facing the Complexities of Commitment with the Wisdom of God. And this was a quote in there by Tim Keller, and I thought this was good. To be loved but not known might be comforting, but it's superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and truly loved is well like the way God loves us it is what we need more than anything it liberates us from pretense it humbles us out of our self-righteousness and it fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us that's good I that summed it up that's solid that is really, really good. Who shared that with so, you? So that's what we want to leave you with, my friend Kristen. That was beautiful. Who has walked a oh, difficult yeah. road. 
Wow. And she has gained even more wisdom than she already had. Wow. That's powerful. Very powerful. Great book. We'll put that in the show notes. Yes. All right. Next week, I am excited to share with you guys that for our podcast next week, I'm going to have a good friend of mine on the podcast. His name is Dan Ryland. Dan is the executive pastor at 12 Stone Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And I got to meet Dan, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago. And uh, he has become, for me, a leader that I look up to, that I read a lot of his content that he puts out, and I respect greatly. He's been a great encourager to me. He is a pastor to thousands of pastors. Um, he, I, I can't wait to be able to have him on uh, next week. So be on the lookout for the release of that podcast with Dan Ryland. Um, Dan and I are going to sit down together. Lisa's going to sit down with us and talk about a recent uh, post that he made in his um, in his uh, pastor's uh, newsletter, as well as we get to talk a little bit about his new book that's coming out. Yes. Actually, it already came out back in February. But anyway, looking forward to that. If Lisa or I can serve you in any way, if we can pray for you in any way, please feel free to reach out to us at, uh, by email at thecordof3 at gmail.com or reach out to us uh, on our Instagram uh, profiles, and uh, we'll have those listed in the show notes as well. Until then, have we a great week. thank you for listening. Thanks. And hope you'll share the podcast with someone. Yep. Peace out.